Boy, he is worthy of our praise, and that is our hope and desire, uh, is that we would open our lives to Jesus. There's nothing like Jesus. There's nobody like Jesus. There's no religion that contained Jesus, and that is why we're here to celebrate. My name's Nate, one of the pastors here. I want to welcome you, and uh, that is why we're doing this series called Entrusted. Uh, because God has entrusted us with every good thing. Matter of fact, if you study in the Bible, what you'll find is this. You'll find this word entrusted 35 times throughout the scriptures. And that word means this, that life is a gift from God. See, the God that we worship, the God that we follow, that has come in the form of Jesus to save us, has entrusted us with so many things. Matter of fact, if you start at the very beginning of the Bible, what you find is this, God creates everything. He creates the fish in the sea, the birds in the air. He creates all the vegetation. He creates all the animals. And then the last thing he creates is man, and then he creates woman, and then he says this. He entrusts them, and he says, I have blessed you to be a blessing. Now go and be fruitful and multiply. Praise the Lord. Right? You know what I'm saying? And like God just goes, hey, I'm turning the keys over to you. Some of you, you grew up with a very stingy view of God. That God wasn't very generous. God hasn't been very gracious. And actually, you feel like God owes you a lot of stuff today. But what we find in the scriptures is this. From the very beginning, God has been a God who entrusts us. He's a God who says, here, I've given you Adam. I've given you dominion over all of the fish in the sea. I've given you dominion over all the birds of the air. And your job is to steward what I have entrusted to you. The only thing is there's a difference between being given something and being entrusted with something, isn't there? You know, there, some of you, I don't know if you've been following along, maybe some of you participate in this. I don't know if you read about the, the person in California who won the Powerball and got $2 billion, right? We all want to be friends with that person now, right? Like, hey, I've been praying for you this week, you know? And here's what happens is a lot of times, this is what we hear the story. Somebody li wins the lottery and then what happens to their life? Falls apart. The theologian P. Diddy was right. Right? You're like, whoa, wait, what, what? more money, more what? More problems, right? What we find oftentimes is this. We feel like if we can get a bunch of money, it's going to solve all of our problems. And what we find is this. Oftentimes, money actually doesn't solve our problems. You know what money does? It reveals our problems. It reveals the unhealthy things in our life. It reveals some of the addictions in our life. It reveals the places in our life where we actually don't believe God has entrusted us with something. But the beauty is this, God just didn't give us something and go, hey, whatever. God entrusts us with things. God entrusts us with gifts. When you become a follower of Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit, and the scripture talks about spiritual gifts. You may feel like you have no talent or no purpose, and you may feel that way, but here's what happens. When you become a follower of Jesus and you turn your repenting your sin, here's what happens. The Spirit comes in you, and he gives you gifts to be a blessing. He gives you purpose. He gives you direction. Matter of fact, we, we found this out. Uh, two of the guys on our staff, uh, Jacob Bales and his wife, Danielle Bales, and then Caleb Brown and his wife, Maddie Brown, uh, in the last month, they each had a kid. And here's a little picture here of a man. And on the left is Ellie Jane Bales, and on the right is Wendell J. Brown. And I tell you this, they were entrusted with these kids. They have been entrusted 
What's amazing, having three kids of my own, just, just feeling the weight of that, and, and, and having a child, man, it is a miracle from God. It is a gift from God. But you know what's even like a bigger miracle is that they let you leave the hospital with them, <laughs> right? It's like you have no idea what you're doing. They're like, good luck, right? You know, and they just kind of boot you out of there, and you go home, and, and you don't know what you're doing. But the power is this, that God actually entrusts us with so much. And too many times, here's been the problem. I've lived my life thinking that God hasn't entrusted me with anything. And so my prayers begin to go, God, would you give me this? Would you give me this? And oftentimes, God, in those moments where he has to humble me, he's like, Nate, do you realize what I've given you? Nate, do you realize what I've blessed you with? Nate, do you realize what I've poured into your life? See, this whole series that we're doing called Entrusted because life is a gift from God. And some of you are going, a, a gift, and you're talking about these resources. What, what are you talking about that God has entrusted us with? Three things we're going to talk about that Jesus is going to show us today is this. Three things that he's entrusted all of us with is this. Time, talent, and treasure. God has entrusted you with time. He said, yesterday morning, uh, just quick confession. Uh, last week, we put up our Christmas tree. And some of you are like, that's why it snowed, right, whatever. And, you know, hey, I know, I know. Uh, but, but here's the deal. Yesterday morning was a sweet time with our family. The kids, man, oh, snow, they got dressed up. And they ran out there and played. And Ruthie and I stayed inside, right? You know, it was just this sweet moment where they were playing, jumping on the trampoline, snow's going over everywhere. And Ruthie and I were just sitting there drinking coffee, just looking out at the snow. And isn't it powerful when we slow down just to take in moments that God gives us? Just to stop and go, wow, time is a gift from God. He's entrusted us with time. Not only that, he's entrusted us with talents. I said, when you become a follower of Jesus, he gives you spiritual gifts. And this is the beauty of the church. There's not one of us that have all of the gifts, which means this, we need each other. Because what happens is this, I may be able to encourage you, but here's what happens as well. You help build me up in the areas where I'm weak. And the beauty of being the church is this, none of us get to be the church by ourselves, but we need each other to flourish. But he gives us these talents, and then he blesses us with treasures. He, he says, here's finances, here's these things, and I want to bless you with them. And so today, Jesus is going to call us into that life, to what does it look like to live an entrusted life? He has entrusted you and I. Some of you, you're in junior high, you're in high school, and you're like, well, he'll entrust me once I graduate. No, 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 no. Do not be mistaken. God has entrusted you right now with his gifts. He has poured his spirit into you right now to be men and women of him. Matter of fact, Jesus' half-brother James didn't believe in Jesus when he was in his own house. How about that for a household grown up? We, sometimes we think Jesus just grew up and everybody's like, oh, Jesus, you're so great. No, his brothers were like, mm, you're weird. Right? You know what I'm saying? Really, like literally, read John chapter 7. They start making fun of Jesus. They're like, oh, if you are the Messiah, go on up to the temple and reveal yourself. They don't believe in him. Some of you, you grew up in that household. You're the only follower of Jesus in your household. And you've navigated this in your life. And Jesus, later on, after he resurrects and goes to heaven to rule and reign, his half-brother James goes, wait a second, maybe he was right. Maybe he has entrusted us with grace. Maybe he has changed my life. Maybe I'm the one who has it wrong. And listen, when he writes the book of James, this is literally Jesus' half-brother. Listen to what he says in verse 16. He says, don't be deceived. 
This is the way that Satan loves to work. He loves to think and get us to think that God's never blessed us with anything. He goes, don't be deceived, brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth means to become new in Christ and that we may be kind, be a kind of first fruits of all he created. That God has made us new in Jesus. He has given us grace for our guilt. He has saved us from our shame. And here's the big idea James is going to get at in this passage and Jesus is going to get at. And we're going to look at Matthew 24 here in a second is this. Here's what the entrusted life looks like. It's like you and I beginning to realize that God is the source and we are the stewards. That God is the source. James says every good and perfect gift comes down from our heavenly father. Do not be deceived. God is the source of our blessing. God is the source of this and we are simply the stewards of what God has given us. Now here's why this is important. Too many times I've put undue pressure on myself and here's why. Because I believe the lie that I am the source of my life. I don't know if you've ever had that where you just have this pressure Maybe people put it on you at work and you have to have every answer for every situation. And you've hit that moment, you're like, I don't have the answers. And the good news is this, Jesus says, you don't have to have the answers. I am the source, I am the answer. All you need to do is this, you just need to steward what I've given you. It not only frees us from undue pressure, but here's the thing, when we live this way, it helps us to get out of unhealthy habits. It helps us to step out of the pride of feeling like we are the source of all of our life. Too many times I've turned this uh, phrase around and I've prayed selfish prayers like this. God, here's what's going on in my life. Here's what I need you to do. Would you just bless it? Somebody told me one time, they said this, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. We're like, oh, that's so sweet, right? That's so great, you know? And here's what happens is this. Instead of saying, God, would you just bless my plans? What we begin to do is this. We begin to flip the order. And we say, God, you are the source of every good and perfect gift in my life. Would you help me to steward what you have placed in my hands? Literally, that word entrusted means this, to place in your hands. God has placed things in our hands. He's placed time. He's placed relationships. He's placed talents. He's placed treasures in our hands. And he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to steward what I've given you. The mind that God has given you. He wants you to steward. The heart of compassion, he wants you to steward. The gifts that God has given you. He's going, I've entrusted this to you. Matter of fact, Jesus has to draw his disciples' attention to this because oftentimes, just like the disciples, we get deceived and we get it out of order. And in Matthew chapter 24, that's where we're gonna be walking today, and in Matthew chapter 25, there's this scenario where Jesus has to share with his disciples, hey, I'm the source, you're just to steward what I've given you. And in Matthew chapter 24, listen how this scene sets up. And in verse 1, it says, Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Now here, let me give you a little explanation here. The temple took 46 years to build. This is where everybody came to worship. This is where everybody came to meet the presence of God. It was a big deal. I've had a chance to go to Israel and you see the prayer wall and you get to see the temple and it is beautiful and it is ornate and it is massive. And the disciples are like, Jesus, did you check out the temple? And here's why, because Jesus grew up in Nazareth. So the disciples think he's a country bumpkin. 
They were like, we know you're kind of Beverly Hillbillies coming here into the Jerusalem. You've never been around these parts, Jesus, I know. And they try to draw his attention to the building. Isn't this awesome, Jesus? And what they're saying is this, this is our source. The temple is our source. And listen to what Jesus says to them. In verse two, this is why we follow him. This is why we make room for Jesus. He goes, do you see all these things? They're like, well, we pointed them out to you. Yes, right? (laughs) Do you see all these things? Jesus asked. I tell you the truth. Not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Jesus, why are you being a party pooper, man? (laughs) Here's why. What he was doing is this. You guys have your eyes on the wrong source. You're looking to the temple, and guess what Jesus is saying? The temple himself is here. You're looking to the wrong source for your life. In verse 3, it says, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, and they said, Tell us, they said, when will all of this happen? When will the sign of your coming and the end of the age? What will be the sign of this? They're going, if the temple isn't, because their whole power was this. They wanted to get back control. The Romans ruled the temple. The Romans ruled all this stuff. And they thought this, if they can get back to having political control, if they can get back to having power over their oppressors, if they can get back to having all of this, they will have what they need. And Jesus goes, "Mm mm-mm, all this stuff's coming down. And in 70 AD, the Romans come in and they tear down the temple. And what Jesus was saying in that moment is this. You're looking to the wrong thing to be your source for life. I am your source. And you and I have the opportunity to steward what God has placed in our hands and in our life. And Jesus begins to tell them these parables because they said, what what will it look like? What What does it mean then to live as you as my source and for me to be your steward? And he tells this parable. I love it. If you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 25, or if you got your phone, you got a Bible app, open that up. But in verse 14, we're going to look at this. Jesus gives a parable. What does it look like for you and I to live as Jesus as our source and for us to be the stewards? He begins to tell this parable in verse 14. He says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. He's talking about how God has created us. He has entrusted things to you and I. And he says, to the one, he gave five talents of money, to another, two talents, and to another, one talent, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. Now, some of us immediately read that and we go, well, I'd like to have five, right? Well, like, why does that guy have five? Can I just let you know when it says talents, I didn't realize this till I started digging into this. A talent in that day was about $1,000, but here's the deal. In that day, $1,000 was the equivalent of 20 years of a life of living. So when Jesus tells this parable, he's not shortchanging anybody. He's saying, God has given some this long, God has given some two talents, and he's given some one talent, which would mean 20 years of investment. See, when God entrusts us, he entrusts us with a lot. And he said, the man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Jesus said, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. 
And the man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And the man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. Hello, right? You're like, wow, Jesus. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning, right? You're like, hello, right? Now, here's the thing. Jesus is shocking his disciples into reality. And here's why. They are looking to everything else to be their source other than the source. See, here's what happens when we begin to live this entrusted life. The entrusted life gives us an eternal perspective. And here's the eternal perspective. That God has given you and I gifts. But you and I will give an account of what he's given us. There will be two questions every single one of us and every single human will face on the day of judgment. There will be a day when you and I will face Jesus. And he's going to ask you and I two questions. Who's your savior? And what did you do with what I gave you? Now, here's the good news about Jesus. It's an open book test, right? This is what I love about Jesus, right? You don't have to be like, ah, ah, the square root of 10, oh boy, right? You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. You know what he does? He's giving the answers right here to the disciples. He's saying, here's how you live. You live in trust and recognizing that everything you have is a gift from me, and you begin to put it into work. See, this is what I've learned about taking tests. The only test I'm afraid to answer are the tests that I don't know the answers to. But when I'm taking my kids, when I'm dropping them off, we're in that season, we're doing vocab test. And what I'm finding is this, when I'm taking my kids to drop off to school, they're not afraid of their vocab test because you know why? They know the answer. We're going through the questions. They know the answer. And you know what? They look forward to the test. Can I just encourage you today? You don't need to fear the day of judgment of Jesus when Jesus is your source and you are the steward of, of what he's given you. You don't have to fear the day of judgment. Matter of fact, he frees us from that day of judgment. We go, Jesus, we can't wait to see you. See, here's what, what happens when we begin to live this way. It's not how much you have. It's what you do with what has been given to you that matters the most. It's not how much you and I have. It's what has been given to you and I. 
This is the joy of following Jesus. All of us are at different places. All of us have been given different talents. And it's not about who's been given a little bit more. It's what are you doing? This is why I love right here when it says the man with five talents. In verse 16, it says this. The man who had received five talents, I love this phrase, went at once. I love it that when God had blessed him, entrusted him with the talents, he went at once and started putting them to action. See, when God has blessed you and I with what he's entrusted, he wants you and I to put it into action. He wants us to put it in to going, God, we're going to step out in faith. Uh, one of my favorite quotes came from Dallas Willard. He's the author of the book, The Great Omission. And listen to what he says about grace. He said, grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude, but effort is an action. Grace, you know, does not just have to do with the forgiveness of sins alone. See, grace is about how you and I put into action the gifts that God has given us. Grace is you and I being able to get after. See, this is what makes following Jesus the best. It's not just that he saves you from your sins. He gives us the power of the Holy Spirit and he gives us a mission. We're going to talk about mission weekend next weekend. He has entrusted broken people, you and I, with his mission to go bring grace and redemption to the world. This is why the greatest story you could ever be a part of is the story of Jesus Christ. The greatest journey that you could ever go on is to allow Jesus to be your source and for you to simply be the steward of what he has given you. This is the joy of following Jesus. But not only that, here's the greatness. An entrusted life frees us from comparison. Already as you're thinking about gifts, you're like, yeah, Nate, I know that's great, but I wish I would have had this person's gift. I wish I'd be more like them. I say that all the time. There's a reason why I don't sing up here, because I can't sing. Actually, that's why the music is so loud, so the security person next to me won't hear me singing, right? You know what I'm saying? And it's one of these sayings. It's going, you know what? All of us have different gifts, and here's the beauty is this. When you and I live as Jesus as the source, here's what's great. We don't have to compare ourselves to everybody else. You know what we get to do? We get to celebrate each other. Man, I see this gift in you. The way that you love people, the way that you train people, the way that you coach people, I see it, and it is a gift. I don't have to compare. I get to celebrate. I get to live my life free of going, I don't have to walk around comparing myself to anybody else. This is what I love in this passage. If you recognize this, the person who had five talents and the person who had two talents got the same reward. Come and share in your master's happiness. Matter of fact, this is what I love. Jesus says this, well done, good, and what? Faithful servant. You know what your calling and my calling is, as God has entrusted us, is to be faithful. He doesn't say, well done, good and successful servant. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, well done. And I'm telling you this, when you live this way, as Jesus as your source, that's the same line you can look forward to on the day that you meet Jesus. That when you and I see him face to face, when we live as him, as our source, and we're just stewarding all God's given him, he's going to do this. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in your master's happiness. Come and share in this life. I, there, I got a friend. He's the most generous person I know. And he challenges me by his generosity. He's not just generous with his money. He's generous with his time. He'll take my phone call. He, he's this super important guy. And he doesn't have time for me, but he makes time for me. And this is what I love about him. I, he's so generous with his time. He's so generous with the way he thinks. He's generous, generous with his finances. 
And I was, I was deeply convicted one day while I was with him. And I said, I, like, what's your secret sauce, man? And he just goes, oh, oh. To much is given, much is what? Required. Without me, just, ah, oh, just spilled out of him. I looked up that passage. It's Luke chapter 12, verse 48. And listen to what it says. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Jesus says, for everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And then here it says, from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Without missing a beat, my buddy's just going, oh, it's not that I'm just so generous. It's this. He's got the order right. Jesus is his source. He's just the steward. Jesus is my source. I'm just stewarding what he's given me. It's not mine. I'm just stewarding it. In Northside, I just want to encourage you, over the last two years, actually throughout the pandemic and through the craziness, you guys, this has been the most generous time and, the two, and these last two years have been the most generous season in the entire 52 years of the life of the church. I just love it. You guys are just going, God, this is, God, you're the source. We're just stewarding this. We've got renovations going on in our kids' side room. Man, it's bananas with everything going on in there, and we're doing it. We did a whole initiative called Setting the Table, just making room for more. I want to encourage you with this. Just this year alone, we have had 220 new families come to church just this year alone. It's just this, people just, God's bringing up. God's opened the door. And here's the beauty thing. You and I, we're just going, okay, God, it's not mine. This is yours. How do you want us to steward this? Last Saturday, when Jim Burns uh, taught here, he did some parenting breakouts. You can listen to them online on our app. And he did one on parenting and technology. Lord Jesus, help us with that, right? You know, and, and we were all together. And uh, after the session, a lady and her husband came up to me. They're brand new here. Started coming to church in August. Antonia and Nicholas are their name. They got a little 21-month-old son, Gabriel. And we were just chatting after the, the breakout and uh, she said, yeah, we just moved here. Well, I found out who her dad was. Her dad was one of the professors at the seminary where I went to in Illinois. I said, no way, you lived in Lincoln? She said, yeah, what year did you graduate? I said, 2005. She goes, I was in fifth grade. I'm like, oh man, like, <laughs> woo. Like I'm starting to hit those like gray hair moments. I'm like, I'm old. And I said, how'd you guys get here? She said, well, Nicholas's job moved here. We, we don't have any family. And she said, I called my dad. And, and, and I asked him, hey, you know the churches, you know the pastors, where you gotta go? He goes, oh, he goes, I remember Nate, you ought to go there. And she said, since my dad recommended you all, I didn't go. And I'm like, you know, because like nobody wants to listen to their parents, right? Like, oh, you might be right, I'm not listening to you. She said, so we went to a couple different churches. She said, and then we, we gave Northside a try. And she said, can I just tell you, when I walked into your children's area and I was greeted by the volunteers, and when your staff began to make us feel like family, because we don't have family here. And when you guys made me feel at home, see, they know Jesus, they follow Jesus, they went to Bible college. They're not new to the faith, but here's the thing, they're new to a church family here. And they said the way and the generosity, you guys just treated us like family. You guys just brought us in. You included us. You're for us. You want us to succeed. She said, when I got to experience that, there was like, there is no other way that I'm going to be a part of something else. I want to be a part of what God is doing here. Can I just let you know that when Jesus is your source, you begin to change the lives around you. 
Just your presence, just the way you love, just the way you care, just the way you speak, you have no idea how you are bearing witness to the goodness and graciousness of God by just being godly presence in this world. See, this is the power of when Jesus is our source. Here's the other reason why. Because the entrusted life breaks the power of entitlement in our life. A lot of us, we know people who are entitled, and we go, boy, somebody needs to get a hold of them, right? Can I just be honest? All of us have been entitled at some time or another, thinking that we're owed more when God has given us everything in his son Jesus. I've been there. I've prayed those prayers. And what's amazing in this passage is this. It's the one who was given the one talent. What's interesting is this. The other two respond because Jesus, we're going to meet him. And in this passage, Jesus meets these men. The master comes and says, what would you do? And what was amazing is this. The, the two with the five talents and the two talents, if you notice how they start their response to Jesus, to the master, they say this. You entrusted us with five. And we have earned Five more. You entrusted us with two. And look, we've earned two more. And what's amazing is this. The one that was entrusted with one talent, 20 years worth of life savings, you know how he starts? He doesn't start by saying, God, you entrusted me with this. You know what he starts with? Excuses. I know you're a hard man and you reap where you didn't sow. And you, 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 know, you do all these things. You're a hard man. And, and, and because of that, I just, I was afraid, so I hid your money. I hid it. And then he says this, see, here's what belongs to you. You know what the problem was with the person with one talent? Wasn't that God didn't give him enough. He gave him 20 years worth. It's this. He wouldn't receive what God has entrusted to him. See, our life changes when we receive the grace that he has entrusted to us. When, he, when we receive the gifts that God has given us, his whole problem was this. All he had was excuses. He would never begin this journey of living a life of being entrusted. And Jesus said, saved some of the most harsh words here. He says, you wicked and lazy servant. And then he says this, throw that worthless servant out into the darkness. And you go, whoa. Here's what he's saying. Jesus wasn't just saying he didn't have any value. He said this, you're a worthless servant because you're a servant who doesn't serve. You ever been out to eat? Somebody comes by, what would you like to drink? I'll do iced tea. Half an hour later, no drink. Hey, uh, iced tea? Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Five more minutes later, no iced tea. And then you go, I'll get it myself, right? You just want to get up and go get it. And here's what Jesus is saying here. You have been entrusted. And he told that one with the one that didn't do anything with it. You didn't do anything with what I gave you. What's interesting is this. When he says this phrase, I was afraid, so I hid. I hid the money. You know who else said that? Adam in the garden after he sinned. God shows up and he says this, Adam, where are you? And he says this, I was naked and I was afraid so I hid. So I hid. What Jesus was saying is this, this one with the one talent, he had been blessed enough by God. The only thing was this, 
He thought he was the source and never embraced the calling to be a steward of what God has given him. Question for you and I today is this. Are you burying something that God has blessed you with? Are you burying something? Man, God has blessed you with talents. God loves you. He's poured into you. Got a text last night after service. My buddy, Nick, he texts me. He goes, man, I've been thinking about serving all year. I've just never, take the, never taken that step. And he goes, I know it. I've been burying it. He goes, I signed up right after service to start serving. I was like, my man, Nick, right? And we just had this great text exchange because what he was doing is this. He was simply responding to what God had been placed on his heart for an entire year. And he began to put it into action. Matter of fact, one of our goals in 2023 as a ministry staff is we want to raise up and mobilize another 400 people, not just to serve here at Northside's campus, but to serve in our community. We've partnered with so many organizations. If you're looking for ways to serve and to be a part of the movement of God, go to mynorthside.com serve. We have places for you. God has blessed you. He has entrusted you with talents, with time, with treasure. Are we burying what God has given us? A little over a year ago, we, hired, we didn't have a facilities director, and I reached out to one of my buddies, Troy, just needed some wisdom. Lord knows I don't know how to fix anything. You know, I'll pray over it. My dad and I, we have the spiritual gift of holding a flashlight. That's what we can do for you, right? And, uh, and that's the power of the church is there's people who are mechanically minded that can fix stuff. And I call my buddy Troy. He goes to church here, been coming to church here for a long time. And we didn't have a facilities director. And he started helping us. And then he's come on staff recently. And they didn't just come on staff. That's awesome. Here's what's happened in Troy's life. He's recognized God is his source, and his whole life calling is just to steward what God has placed in him. Take a listen to how God has transformed him over this past year. My leadership is over departments in the church that are often behind the scenes. And so what can happen as a result of that is folks who are serving in those areas can develop uh, the mindset that their role is to support ministry. And I always want to encourage and challenge folks serving in those areas to realize that what they do is ministry. It's not just supporting ministry. When I came on board, we didn't have leadership over our facilities team at that time. And so we were looking to fill that position and we came across Troy Striegel, who manages properties in the area. And that was really important for me when Troy came on to make sure he knew that what he was doing was more than just overseeing the management of our facilities team so that work gets done, but that he knew it was a ministry. Aaron has done a wonderful job with me in bringing in a book by Tim Cool. It's called Entrusted. It was able to get me to see things differently than just being robotic with maintenance because, you know, it can be very monotonous and very robotic with light bulbs, plumbing, landscaping, lawn service. It can just be one of those you're just focused on and get it done and go home. When it comes to facilities and, and the team and facilities management, we learn together this concept that it's not really facilities management as much as it is facilities stewardship. God created everything, so therefore he's entrusting us to fix it, to maintain it, to forecast, to get these things done, to make sure that we keep a facility that people want to continue to keep returning to. It helped me to just be a better leader, helped me to be uh, more open and see things differently, you know, instead of just being blinded by the monotony of doing the same thing over and over. 
Interacting with my team gave me a great clarity to say that we're all in this together. To say, listen, this all matters. What you do matters. Moving those chairs and tables over and over a thousand times a week, it matters. That one person that comes in that one day that sits in that seat or that table and has that conversation that they've needed to have for years is because we were able to do that for them. It really doesn't matter what you do and it really doesn't matter how much you have. What matters most is that you understand that everything you have is a gift that's been entrusted to you. Whether you're in the medical field or you're a teacher or you work from home remotely or you're a student, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, realize that you've been entrusted by God with those things, with those relationships, and use them in a way that honors Him and he'll bless you in ways you may never have imagined. You just thank God with me for his work in Troy's life. I love my conversations with Troy. And what's great is this. He just talks. I mean, he said in the video, what I realized is this. Because of Jesus, everything matters. My work matters. The things that people don't see, it matters. And this is the journey that Jesus is inviting you into. When he is the source, you and I get to simply steward the blessing of Jesus in our life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the work you're doing in Troy's life. We thank you for the work that you're doing in your church. Father, for everybody in this room and watching online, Lord, we just stop to say thank you. Life is a gift from you. Grace is a gift from you. And Father, we know that you will hold us accountable one day, and even that we say thank you because your gifts matter and how you've called us to live matters. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray today, this week, God, would we step out in faith where you call us to be faithful? And God, may we do it with the joy and the gladness of your spirit. Father, we pray all of this in your name. And everybody said together, amen. amen. May you walk with your Father today. God bless you all. We'll see you next weekend for Mission Weekend.